No, he didn't slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On iRacing Podcast. My name is Peter Wilco-Wilkinson and it is the year of 2022. It is season two and we're up to week six. We are halfway through the season already, the second season of 2022. Tonight I am joined by Braden Young-Martin. How are you, mate? Not too bad, not too bad. And Alex McKellar, how are you? Yeah, doing good, mate. Great to be back talking about all things iRacing. That's it. If you haven't missed, if you've missed it, go check out the live version. We just had a bit of a chat about all the kind of things we're up to. But tonight we are the news and results in this podcast. If you are listening to it, uh, thank you for listening to it. Uh, if you haven't already, go join on the Locked On Lads Discord, lockedonlads.com slash discord. Go check out our current charity fundraiser on lockedonlads.com slash charity. Uh, you can help us try and raise money to cure cancer through the all uh, charity organization Cure. Uh, we're doing that. We've got lots of things lined up, or I personally have lots of things lined up over the next two weeks. Just freshly done it now. We'll hear about that in a sec. If you want to help us out as well, go check out Brewster.coffee. Uh, he's the man who helps us uh, get the keep the lights on and keep recording these things for you. Brewster.coffee, B-R-E-W-S-T-R.coffee.coffee. Coffee? I don't know. Um, I should know that I've done it so many times now. But, yeah, go check it out. Uh Check out Brewster, check out the coffees and all that kind of stuff. It is really good stuff. And he is helping us out quite a lot. Don't forget Locked On Lads on Facebook, Locked On Lads YT on YouTube, Locked On Lads on Twitch, Locked On Lads TV is a thing as well where we broadcast stuff. So go check that out on all those socials. But we are here tonight to talk about the fun and games of iRacing, everything that's happening in the Australian community right now, all the hot topics all the results from the community, but mainly the F1 results and the F1 fantasy. Is that what we're talking about tonight, Braden? Sure, we can start there if that's where you want to start. Oh, Imola. And apparently I forgot to change my team again for fantasy because it's a sprint round and everything happens differently to every other weekend. So what happened in the F1, mate? Yeah, it was a sprint round. Um, We headed to Imola, which put on the lovely, lovely weather for a second year in a row. Uh, It's pretty wet. Uh, Friday, Friday practice was pretty much exclusively uh, in the in the wet, and then um, very much similar for qualifying as well. Um, so yeah, it was an it was an interesting one. The weather certainly stuck around for the rest of the weekend, um, which attempted to make the race interesting, um, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't too interesting, unfortunately. No, it yeah, failed on the interesting stakes at points <laughs> in the time. I mean, the commentators were right. Why on earth? Would you introduce a thousand DRS zones at each track and then not use them uh, in situations where they had done use the single one previous or whatever previously, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I, I maybe my expectations of F one this season have been raised so high that I was, you know, I felt like, you know, it it take it took half a dozen steps backwards in that race. Um, when yeah, anyway, but. To be fair, the F one season, the F one season so far has been absolutely amazing, best one in in so many years, uh, in my view, anyway, because of the change to the cars and stuff. And if they're going to ever f- figure out the, the the cars porpoising or dribbling like a basketball down the straight, I don't know. Uh, it, it'll get even better. It's I, I don't know. Well, maybe that adds to it. I was thinking about it the other day. I think you guys were saying it. I was listening to one of the previous episodes. Imagine if they simulate that in the twenty two. 
car <laughs> that they put on iRacing. <laughs> and the motion, I could just picture the yeah. people in the motion rigs jumping down the thing. It'd be bloody hilarious. Anyway, but uh, nah, interesting um, to see uh, the changes um, in the um, the strength of the different teams. McLaren, who are absolutely nowhere, and all of a sudden they're they're right there. Um, I, I, maybe it's track specificity, uh, cars being strong at different tracks, or maybe it's just they found something. Um, and 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 uh, Mercedes going backwards, like even more, uh, in the hands of a, a seven or eight time world champion. Interesting, interesting stuff. Yeah, well, there was some positives. Like, I think uh, for the start of the race, or at the very least for the start of the sprint race, I can't remember off the top of my head now, but it was, you know, five different teams in the top five cars. You know, the Ferrari, um, Ferrari, McLaren, Red Bull, Haas, and a uh, Alpine as well, which was pretty cool to see. So, you know, that's, that's good. That's definitely a positive. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, just Red Bull just had everyone's number this weekend, and, and it wasn't really even close. Um, you know, Leclerc made, tried to make something of it, but it'd be interesting to hear what your thoughts are on Alex. I don't know if you watched the race or not, Wilco, but it was a very rookie mistake to me. Like when, when you think about it, obviously he's not a rookie driver. He's been around for a long time, but rookie in terms of fighting for a championship, it's something you would have maybe seen Max do two or three seasons ago. Um, and it's very different when all of a sudden you're, leading a championship just like i've said before how i've felt so different when i've been leading races and things like that how it's a different kind of pressure and if you're not used to it then you can make these these silly mistakes and he was just pushing way too hard to to, to possibly gain really he probably wasn't going to catch perez so it was really to gain one point for the fastest lap and i understand seasons can come down to one point and i know look at last season for example but um but just so early in the season to be pushing that hard in pretty dodgy conditions to then spin and really he was lucky to get away with it the way he did the amount of time you see people have an accident like that and that's race over and instead of you know losing the 10 or 5 or 7 points he lost I'm not exactly sure how much it was in the end uh that could have been you know 26 points swing in the championship right there so I don't know what your thoughts were but I just thought it was a really almost immature in a racing sense um, decision and, and mistake to make so early in, in the championship. Yeah, look, I agree. I mean, you look at Max, okay, uh, he's now been in F1, what, seven years? He's been fighting for titles for several years, like like legit. Um, and you're right, he's a totally different driver to what he was a few years ago. He has still got that hyper-aggression, that hyper-competitiveness um, he will still put it all on the line and step over the line sometimes, I think. Um, and you compare and contrast the, the racing styles of he and um, uh, Hamilton last season, and it was very, very clear. Max was taking risks in single races um, where Hamilton was thinking championship in those key moments where they often made contact and Max was quite resoundingly criticised at times. Um, I wonder if Leclerc, who's, you know, he's been in there since 2018, for example, a couple of years less and not in a position really, particularly early on in the season, to say, hey, you know, we've got a shot at this. Maybe that plays a part. Um, and 
look, maybe it got in his head that, oh, hang on, is this slipping away from us already? You know, um, they were dominant, so dominant early on, and then the, the the Red Bulls found some legs. There's question marks over reliability, but um, you know, in finding the legs, has that put got into Leclerc's head already? That's that's my question. So, and force a mistake early on, uh, well, in the season at least. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the difference, the only difference between Verstappen and Hamilton when they were fighting like that is quite often that was them head to head. And, you know, if it was going to go wrong for one, there's a good chance it was going to go wrong for both of them, which I suppose maybe makes your risk factor feel a little bit less because it's like, well, if I stuff this up, I'm probably going to take out Hamilton anyway. So it's going to be a net net zero effect. Whereas in this case, he was literally on his own and and then yeah. just pushing way too hard. But yeah. I, do, I do agree. I, I've would say Max has still got those aggressive mistakes in him if push comes to shove, that's for sure. But, yeah, I don't know about this one doing it sort of off off on your own, trying to chase a invisible one point. Um, yeah, really, which is, why, which is yeah. why I guess I say maybe it was just in his head uh, and a couple more years under the belt. I mean, he's a young guy, right? He's 24. Yeah. Um, and carrying, you know, those guys carry the weight of the world on their shoulders, really, at such a young age. And maybe it's characteristic of this younger guard coming through. I mean, that it's. I think it's been a while since we've seen this amount of youth, particularly at the front of the field, you know. Mm. Uh, really interesting, fascinating to see how they develop over time. And I think Verstappen's literally growing up in front of the world. Uh, in such a high pressure environment, you know, um, you know, oh, oh, very impressive young men to be doing it uh, in the first place, obviously. Um, but then to carry the weight of the world on their shoulders like that, yeah, like it'll really forge them in the crucible of, of F1. And, um, you know, fair pump them for being there in the first place. But yeah, I just wonder if that little bit of experience got in, in experience at the front of the field, fighting for the championship, maybe got in his head. Did you manage to catch Quickly. any of the race, Wilco? Or? Oh, no, I didn't catch any of the race. I catched a lot. I caught a lot of the um, banter about the commentary team and the broadcast itself after the race. What was going on there? I, I heard that um, Hamilton got most of the airtime, even though he wasn't even near the front. Well, there was some positives to come out of the race, like Hamilton being ha- uh, Hamilton being <laughs> lapped by uh, Verstappen. That was obviously a positive. But, yeah, they did spend a lot of time focusing on the back of the grid. Uh, obviously, UK broadcast, it's always going to be Hamilton-dominated. I, I think if you're if you're expecting anything different, then you're a little bit, I don't know, blinded by what's actually going on and who's actually broadcasting. Um, and the second thing is, like, to be fair, Hamilton's been up the front for the last... X amount of years, so it is a big story, him being stuck in 14th place, and there wasn't a lot going on elsewhere in the race either, so I get that it was like, oh, look, they're still broadcasting Hamilton, but like, it is interesting, there was no one else to really watch, like, Verstappen was 15 seconds ahead of Perez in second, there was clear uh, Leclerc at the time in third, so, and I'm glad they caught the moment of um, him being lapped, so, yeah, <laughs> silver linings. Yeah, and hopefully he waved at him as he went by. Is what yeah, I was that's, thinking that's, exactly, that's exactly what I wrote in the Discord. I was like, I really hope to see, you know, the onboard of him just going, <laughs> catch up. Um, so moving on to the fantasy side of things, you had, didn't have a very good week apparently? No, well, Signs yet again had another shocker. He binned himself on lap one thanks to Daniel Ricciardo. I don't, don't know, Ricciardo put up an Instagram post or something, I think I read somewhere, sort of apologising, so he seems to have taken a a bit of more of the blame, I suppose, 
Um, and I saw, saw that he had gone over to Ferrari after, straight after the race to apologise to Carlos. Um, yeah, not a good weekend for Ferrari in front of the, uh, what do they call it, the Tifosi or something? Is that, is that what it is uh, over in Italy? So, yeah, didn't go well. I also had Alonso. So the two first two cars to DNF were both on my team. And then I had Magnussen who started like P4 or P3 or something and just basically went backwards from there. So it wasn't a great weekend at all for me. Um, and I did the same thing as you, Wilco. I was watching the footy. Um, I knew that qualifying was on, but I just missed misjudged uh, the times and didn't get to change my team in time. So I don't know if I would have made any changes. Obviously, hindsight's a wonderful thing now. And I would have said, yeah, I was getting rid of Sainz and Alonso for sure, but I don't know if I would have actually made any changes. I was thinking of maybe bringing Alonso uh, back out for Bottas, um, which would have been nice, but yeah, not to be. It was because it was interesting because all of a sudden I've seen the full meal one spoilers chat light, light up and I'm like, what? What's going on? It's Friday night. I practice must be on the cool. I'll do my team over the weekend. And then it's like, I think I saw your comment. I, I forgot to change my team. I didn't realize. And I'm like, oh, well, I missed that boat too. So <laughs> there you go. I was expecting to do it all Saturday. I forgot there was whole sprint rounds happening. But uh, quickly looking at it, Dermot C is leading our championship at the moment. Still with an MD, uh, one of the, the triple point plays up his sleeve, which is fairly handy for him. Um. Russell Clark is in second. Uh, Daniel Hedershide in third. Lindsay, um, I think it's it's W, but I think it's Lindsay Wells is in third. Um, equal, that's equal third with Daniel Hedershide. Uh, Matthew Mites used his wild card and got himself up to fifth. Uh, Tim C, Timmy Buckets is up to sixth. Michael G and Davey Douglas, I assume that is, is in seventh. Equal. Uh, Luke's Lovebirds, Luke F is in ninth and. Leave me alone. I know what I'm doing, which is Jason Fewens, I assume, uh, is sitting there in 10th. So uh, notable mentions, Braden in 13th. Uh, Wilco was wrong, sitting in 16th. Um, and Carl W., the obvious winner, is sitting in last. I don't know who that is. It's not very obvious at the moment, is he? Uh, <laughs> real struggling. So, yeah, so hopefully next week's better or next race is better. We're off to Miami uh, for the first time next uh next race which is going to be interesting to see them race around the street circuits and um getting ready to have a third american track on the calendar next year in las vegas so i know all the drivers were complaining about oh it's so tough to come to australia just for one race so they're doing three in america why are they not doing two in australia bring back the adelaide gp that's what i say yeah, and all the U- two track, US, really? <laughs> you two US tracks. It's like the start of the skippy season. Five out of six weeks have been US tracks already. So, <laughs> anyway, let's move into the actual news that that ends the real life raw racing because there's no V8s at the moment, um, and there's not much else floating around. But an Indy's in its Indy six week or eight week build up or whatever it's in at the moment. Um, but let's head to the actual iRacing news and updates. This is brought to you by iRacing, not brought to you by iRacing, but lockedonlads.com slash charity. Go ray, help us raise money for to help us cure cancer through the charity organization Cure. Head over there, you'll see how to donate, and uh, that is the place that's bringing you the news and updates of this week. I know we've got a couple hot topics on the agenda tonight, so let's get straight into it. Alex McKellars wants to talk all about Break dragging because he's sick of it and he's over it and he's <laughs> with the community against the community. I don't know which side of the fence he's on, but don't get away, Alex. What's been happening with break dragging? Well, people are making a big song and dance about it. Oh, look, 
It's interesting. So the story goes, from what I can tell, uh, looking around different streams and forum posts and stuff like that, that people have found that if you go at a certain speed that's slow enough to not incur the automatic iRacing black flags, if you go too slow in quality, that were born out of a couple of seasons in the skips where we were essentially live beta testers for the new tyre model and it was... Interesting. Um, uh, and what came out of that, to be honest with you, is what we affectionately call donut gate. People were literally driving onto the grass and doing donuts to warm up their tyres and then lap it, pretty much lapping the field in quality on the end of it. Um, they were that far ahead. So iRacing introduced a, a, the system that we all now know and love, which is you go too slow in quality, you get a wave black flag. If you keep doing it, you get DQ'd out of quality. People have found at the moment that um, if they go – Fast enough to avoid that, slow enough to literally keep a percentage of brake on that, in, you know, if you think about it in your head, you're transferring heat from the brakes into the tyres, tyres warm up to a good degree without wearing out, and suddenly you're, you've are you got a, an advantage in, in quality. Um, it's interesting because we've known since the new tyre model came into the skips first that the tyre temperature and quality played a massive part the skips are unique in so much as the tyres don't go off. They just, I don't know, they just keep getting better. I've never seen a skip tyre go off, whereas some of the other categories perhaps there's more advantage um, in not wearing out the tyres and putting heat into them to get a, a better better lap time. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess I don't. I didn't have as much of a problem with it as, as most people do, A, because, you know, words getting out and people, so it's kind of the same for everyone, albeit, you know, quir- a quirk. Um, secondly, I know in tire warming that you do in quality, um, in the skips, um, I have always had a percentage of brake on because of how the car handles as I'm weaving. I never get out of about third gear because if I go any faster than that, I crash. It wasn't specifically because <laughs> of, you know, there's a speed and a black flag. and all that. It was literally if I get it into fourth and I try and wiggle around, it's like I crash. So that was the sweet spot for me from a personal perspective. But it's just ever since that time model came in, everyone everyone has done that and it's not necessarily been considered an exploit. The other point that I would make when I talk about a level playing field is this week uh, at Road America was a, was a really perfect example. Um, you literally, when that thing says qualify, the green button comes up, you click it and you get out on track or you don't get your second lap in. There's just like there's, there's zero margin for error, like I'm talking a couple of seconds. That's it. No time for wiggling, no time for slow laps or anything like that, and yet you still see the same people at the front of the grid. So uh, my suggestion to you is that it, it, it might move you a couple of spots if you do a good job of it, uh, but ultimately the, the, the cream still rises to the top. Um, I think where it does get interesting is where there's a mix between people who do know and who don't know. And then what you see is the people that do know might advance a few more positions and be out of position. Uh, and then a bit of chaos can ensue where you've got fast drivers coming through and, and, and disparity in skill levels. Having said that, you see that anyway. And this week again in the skips was a great example because people weren't getting their second lap time in. And I, I would go so far as to say there's a bug. And what and, and Vasco is a great example. Ben Snell's another one. Vasco and I did a number of races this week and in where we're in lower softs, I'm talking sort of two and a half K up to, you know, even four K. And we were 
the lower numbered cars because we had high I rating, we were getting straight out, right? Same race, Ben Snell comes in. It was a four and a half K soft. He comes out as car 16 or something because, you know, Ben races a lot of stuff and he, his I rating's a bit lower sometimes. 15, 20, 30 seconds go by and he doesn't get a, he doesn't get the button to come up to let him out, right? Same thing happened to Vasco. All the racing we'd done up until SNL, he was car number one through to four or five at the worst, right? Come SNL, we had the soft, and we'll talk about that later in that coverage, and he's car 16 or something, and it took 25 seconds or something for him to get him. He didn't get a second lap in, you know? Yeah. I reckon that's a legit bug, and it's probably worth looking at. Um, but, yeah, so they're the issues for mine, right? Uh, I think there's a relatively level play playing field. Sometimes it'll get mixed up as a result of people doing it versus not, um, and, but that happens anyway, uh, depending on different circumstances. Is it an exploit? And people are calling it an exploit. I don't know that it's an exploit. Um, iRacing claim that it's you know uh, simulates real world tire warming and transition transfer of heat from tires uh, from brakes to tires and what have you. I don't know. I don't have a strong view that it's an exploit. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you reckon, Brad? Yeah, it's a tricky one. So a couple of the videos that I watched doing a little bit of research, there was definitely things that made it look like very unrealistic. So. I understand for my limited knowledge that you do can do some kind of brake dragging in real life and that would be a legitimate strategy and that's all good. I think probably closer to what you would do in the skippy where you're just sort of carrying a little bit of uh, brake percentage and still warming up your tyres, swerving or whatever it is that you're normally doing. The couple of videos that I watched were very unusual uh, in the sense that it was basically keep your car under 200 kilometres an hour, which seems to limit the increase in PSI in your tyres. Um, and then when you get to a slower corner where you're able to go a lot slower and the qualifying um, scrutiny won't pick you up for going too slow as opposed to if you're doing it on a straight, basically braking super heavy all the way down to sort of 35 kilometres per hour and then smashing left and right on your steering wheel um, and then, you know, doing that for four or five seconds, basically roasting the tyres as much as you can and then taking back off, getting to the next corner, stopping again, left, right, left, right, left, right, and then, you know, going on your merry way, which I've ne- I've watched a fair bit of racing in my time. I've never seen anyone warm up tyres like that. So for me, that's the part where it looks like, well, that's not like real life. If that was a real life thing, then we would see people doing that in a GT3 car or a Porsche Cup car trying to warm up their tyres, which we obviously don't. So that's the part for me where I look at it and go, okay, well, something isn't, quite right but to your point as well everyone can do it technically still a level playing field i don't know i don't really know where i sit on it i don't i tried to just to muck around to try and do it in the v8 to see what would happen knowing that the v8 supercar is like almost the opposite of every car where you basically want to not touch your tires on your outlap like if you could take your outlap as slow as possible so that you don't scrub the tires in any sense of the word um that's the best way to do it so that your tyres are fresh um, to do your hot laps because um, they basically last one and a half laps and that's it. Um, and I was a second, I was like 1.7 seconds slower the time I tried to do some warming up of tyres in the V8. So definitely doesn't seem to work for that car, um, but I can't speak for any of the other cars. But yeah, I guess that's the part that made me a bit like, mm, that doesn't seem realistic when you're basically jamming the brakes on, thrashing the car left to right as hard as you can. Um, and then getting out of the corner and, and that kind of thing. So, 
I think it's with a simulator that can't simulate as well as obviously the real life thing. Like it's it's something that you talk to anyone, you watch any of the arguments on Twitter or anything like that. You've got real life people going, yeah, we do that in real life. That's how that's how it works in real life. But then because it's a simulator, they haven't got the the far end of it. There's always a, a degree of we can't manage this or can't simulate this perfect perfectly. So there is a, a room to push it to a limit and gain a small advantage out of it. Now I don't think we're talking about like we're gaining five or six seconds on quality. You're just going to get pole every time you do it, all that kind of stuff. We're talking about tenths, which. Well, at- there, there are people in a couple of the videos that I've seen of people when they don't warm their tires up, qualifying like a whole second slower compared to yeah. when they do a run when they've done, done the warming up the tires. So a second's a big margin. It is a end. big margin. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I'm still, yeah, look, I at the end of the day, I I don't think. I think you're still looking at a small percentage of people doing it compared to not doing it. I think when it gets to race, they get found out fairly quickly when they're up the front and not down the back where they should be. I think at the end of the day, as Alex said, the cream does rise to the top anyway. I think there is a degree of it that is real life based and and those people who are sitting there going, no, this is not realistic at all just lying to themselves but there is a point where it is it becomes unrealistic and it becomes pushed too far and yes you gain an advantage out of it but like i said i don't think that percentage of the population is very big i think even if you like that's what i got taught to to warm my tires up was from from the oval background of the person who taught me was you drag your brakes 10 percent, get same third gear Warms it up. That's what you do. That's how the real life drivers do it. But then, when you take it to the extreme, you take it to the extreme, and and obviously it does make a difference. But I'm I'm not of a I'm not a person who's going to. I don't want to be at the front of the field when I'm not fast. I want to legitimately be at the front of the field because I've legitimately been that quick, so I know I can keep it up there. Because the first thing I'm going to do if I'm up in pole and I know I'm a second slower than everyone else is I'm going to be looking over my shoulder racing and crash the whole field out so i don't see how it gets you an advantage in the long run unless it's a it's a drafty track but even then like like you're going to get found out so at the end of the day good luck you i'm sure i racing i racing's made a comment about this i haven't actually had a chance to read the comment they made but did you guys read their, their response yeah i put it in the in the chat yeah, I know. I haven't had a chance to have a look at it. <laughs> the one look, the one thing that I thought was I I really liked about their response was they were talking about some of the things they could do, and one thing that stood out for me was um, uh, making the lone qualifying sessions visible. Yeah, I like right? that I like as well. Yeah, yeah so there's a number of things there, right? So you know, what are people doing that's better than me that I can look at, which is what you do in races anyway, right? Mm-hmm. I don't – there will have been a reason. I don't know what it is why they made lone qualifying invisible to everyone else. If you go in as a spectator, you can see it all. No worries, yeah. right? But the other thing it does is somewhere like the Charlotte Roval where 
I, I swear, I, even in this season, in the skips where it's less of an advantage, I think I'm, I'm pretty confident. People, there were a couple of people running below the line uh, around the uh, bank section, which is an absolute. It's an insta ban uh, if you're doing the roval. Uh, Nim will come down with the ban hammer straight away, but you can't can't look at that because no. you know. And you just and it, it, as much as anything, it removes all doubt for situations like that as well, right? So, and yeah. if. Uh, I, I thought that was one good thing to come out of their response anyway. The other parts of it were more or less, you know, it simulates real world, like what you were saying, Wilco. We can only go so far within the context yep. and the limitations of what we got in the simulator and we'll, we'll try and make it better sort of thing. Yep. If, I, if, I they, think response. if they let us, uh, well, it looks like they pretty much said they will because it was something that wasn't very difficult to change from what um, the way I read it was a simple bit of code kind of thing. Um, I think it'd be great. To, to have qualifying to be able to be seen, even just for the fact that sometimes on a short track, you sit there for four minutes and yeah. do nothing. Like, <laughs> it'd be great just to be able to chuck someone's qualifying off and have a watch and see what you can do better next time. Like, yeah. Um, so we'll move from there on to the next bit of controversy that Alec wants to bring into the show. He's all about controversy tonight. <laughs> I, I hear Skippies and, and even NASCARs are crashing into each other because of all the rubber banding that's come in just recently. I know, Braden, you saw this as well. Yeah, unbelievable. Like, um, I'd ne- I, like it, it is across. I, I'm pretty confident. I thought it was just the skips, but it looks to be across. Um, well, it's everything that I've seen in the last week or so. The the netcode updates have had a, a couple of effects. So they were they were brought in and big improvements, and that's how it was sold. And that may have been the case. I think I'm seeing less damage from netcode contacts or minor contacts in the skips than we have in previous seasons. That's anecdotal. I don't have any evidence other than my own watching of things. Um, but what we are seeing, and it's remarkable, is uh, this: when cars, it appears to be when cars are coming in, in closer proximity. Um, there seems to be a real shift between – so the way this stuff works is, right, you, you send the data from your PC to a server that's, that's centrally located, as does everyone else on the, uh, on the, on, in the race, and it's essentially positional data, right? And what happens is your data gets sent to the server and then sent to everyone else, and that data coming to everyone else basically displays where your car is in relation to everyone else sort of thing, right? So all you're doing is sharing positional data. What seems to happen is, though, as you get close to the, the, the each other, the server suddenly says, well, you, I, I know you think they're, they're right there, but actually they're here. And suddenly these cars are jumping meters at a time sometimes. So it's really um, – the first time I noticed it was in my mirrors. Uh, and, for example, uh, uh, it was really evident this week at Road America where there's all sorts of drafting. There's five cars around you at any one time and all the rest of it. And suddenly a car's pulling out of the draft and at times where you think, okay – I can reposition my car before they get near or whatever it is. Suddenly they go from, you know, what appears to be half a tenth behind you to literally side by side, you know, a third of the way up your car and they just shoot forward. There's a clip from the race that I did the other night uh, on my stream where we're running to the line and I'm, I'm sitting in third. I'm thinking, oh, I've got a great draft here. I can get across the line. I won't necessarily get first, but I might get second. And Sam, uh, Sam's in front of me, Sam Devantia. And I'm, I'm just, as I pull out, his car shoots like a meter forward and there's no chance. And that, that will absolutely affect the draft uh, as well. So, and then we've seen other, other spots where there's a, there's a really interesting clip from the bottom split uh, Twitch channel 
he's a funny guy, um, <laughs> uh, where he's watching two car, two NASCARs go around an oval in a big pack and they're, they're nose to tail and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, one car shoots forward, I'm going to say, what do you reckon, Brad, a third of a car length? Yeah, at, yeah. at least, yeah. At least a third of a car length and, and shoots into the rear of another car and suddenly the big one happens and there's a yellow flag and all the rest of it. They were literally driving nose to tail and all of a sudden this car shoots uh, a third of a car length forward and it had damage on the boot as if it had been hit by the car behind. So maybe it's a double whammy. Maybe the two of them, one have shot forward into the rear of the other one, the other one that shoots forward. Into the, like mm. It was remarkable. We, we've called it rubber banding or something because that's what it looks like. So all of a sudden the rubber band has been stretched to a limit and it kicks in and it shoots you forward a bit. Um, I've got to be honest with you, that's more of a problem for me than than um, the brake dragging is uh, because it's. I don't feel that it's necessarily a level playing field. I know I absolutely adjusted my driving style last week to cater to it uh, and maybe, you know, once the word out, maybe the, the playing field does level out a bit. But I, I see that as far more of a bug uh, than anything brake dragging is at the moment. I'm sure you would have appreciated a couple of rubble banding moments over the Aussie car skipping seasons <laughs> running to the line with Ben Snell. We might have a couple oh, of wings. Oh, no, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, in all seriousness, though, um, I hope they're working on it because yeah. – uh, and the thing is I was talking about some talking to someone during the week about software development and someone said to me, oh, why don't they just roll it back? And I said, yeah, look, it's a real, it's a real method of last resort. Uh, when it comes to software developing, 99 times out of 100, you you go forward. Uh, it's too much effort to roll back. And, and those sort of developments take months and months and months to do. So to roll it back is is, is a tough ask. Um, and you're better off most of the time pressing forward. As long as they're pressing forward pretty hard on that one, I'm okay. But for the time being, we're, we're kind of stuck with a somewhat, it's almost like a parallel universe in terms of physics at the moment when you get close to other cars. Yeah, so usually with stuff like that, 80 to 90% of what they put in is stuff you're not noticing is actually improved the game. Yep. It's just this one small 5, 10, 15% of the, the update is actually causing a bigger problem. So if they can fix that bigger problem, they get to keep all the advantages they've made plus also fix the problem that they've just caused. So, yeah, you definitely are better off keeping the gains you've made rather than losing everything. Yeah, exactly. so, and you're getting data from it anyway. They don't, they can't fix it without getting the data from us anyway. So, yeah. Well, I, I, look, the the one criticism I would make on that front is, um, where's the testing? You know, well, like it it is that, it, and I don't know what sort of testing they're doing in relation to if if all their testing is local, as in it's on the same physical site. So now, how much testing are they doing in bulk on remote servers yeah. uh, across international borders and all the rest of it? They've probably got a bunch of beta testers, uh, hopefully around the world. Uh, but like it's just it's every race you see it. So I, I don't know how they would have missed that or whether they just made the decision to go forth with it. The problem with testing with okay, we're not gonna say iRacing's got a huge community. It's got a great community for the for the niche that it has. But when you're talking about then splitting that, because most online games will have a persist uh, PTU or a like a, a public test server. Yep. Which, you know, two weeks beforehand, let's put out the thing, let's let you play it. And but that then you've already got a, a a community that's already fairly small in comparison to everything else, and then you're splitting it up yet again. Uh, and for those two weeks or one week or whatever it is, you're sort of 
yeah, it, it's really hard. And unless you get everyone testing it at once, you know, you've seen it in most games. Like you get these massive QA teams that that work at this thing, and there's bugs, and then they sit there and go, "Well, we 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 didn't find this bugs. We had like thousands of people testing it for us. Then we put it out, and all of a sudden, hundreds of thousands of people play it, and." You've got all these different computers out there with, which are all completely different and there's just, you know, 5% of that audience then now has this problem, which they just physically couldn't find when they only had a 1,000 people. Yeah, yeah there's it. only, agreed, there's only so much you can simulate. There's only, when you do performance testing, for example, you can simulate hundreds of thousands of interactions at any one time to do, you know, load testing and all the rest of it. But until a real user interacts in, in a real way, uh, you know, it, it's tough. Right? Yeah. Having having said that, yeah, th- th- this is one I, I'm stunned that they didn't say. It's, it's yeah, interesting. But hopefully they're on it and there'll be a resolution soon. Yes, hopefully, definitely, indeed. Uh, I took the put the next thing in. Now, I don't know what you guys have been following into this, but there's a new racing series coming on that's um, promoting itself as the – Another super high-end V8 series, which is interesting to see. Logitech G is the sponsor of this. It's called the Supercar Pro Invitational Team. You'll hear my voice talking about it sometime soon, and maybe even Braden, if I can convince him to do it with me as well. We'll talk about that afterwards. But um, at this stage, on the 11th of May at Sebring, uh, 40 of the best V8 drivers in the land will be racing off to see who is the best in the, in the Pro Invitational Series. The calendar looks like this. They start at Sebring. They then go to Winton, Red Bull Ring, Monza, Spa, Hockenheim, Sandown 500 is getting a race. The Bathurst 1000 is getting a race. Uh, the Belle Isle, and then we finish at Phillip Island. So that's starting on May the 11th and finishing at December 7th, uh, the first event. It's saying two compulsory pit stops, 44-lap race around Sebring, which is pretty interesting. Uh, starts at 8 p.m. for qualifying. Uh, the grid walk is at 8.20 uh, and 8.30 is the race with the pro show at 10 o'clock. I haven't got the broadcast information just as yet, but if you've got nothing to do on a Wednesday night, it's going to be a, a pretty hotly contested uh, little series with uh, all the big names, Jake Burton, Brady Myers, Richard Hampstead, Jake Maloney, uh, Luke Rosella's in there, Ethan Warren, um, Ryan Sullivan, Madison Down, um, Brenton Hobson, Jared Philsell, Ethan Grigolt, Brody Kostecki, um, Andrew, Andrew Gilliam, Todd Hayne, Dylan Rudd, all these names, Sean McNamara, uh, all joining the series. Jamie Dykes in there as well. Cool. So. Just flicking through it. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. That's coming up Wednesday and not on Wednesday, the May the 11th. We'll have more details on where to catch that. They are doing some test stuff behind the scenes at the moment for that. Uh, but there will be a podcast to go with this series to keep you up to date with all what's going on uh, that will be going up soon. You can register the RSS feed when that goes up. It will be including me and someone else when we decide who's doing it but it'll be a 10-part series going over the whole full series of the year, so keep an eye out for that one. You didn't get your invite, Braden, for the racing? No, I was, I was wondering how did, how did they come up with the list of drivers because, you know, there's some pretty good drivers on there. There's some names I've noticed that aren't on there, so I was just wondering, do you know what the no decision-making was behind it? 
no idea. I wasn't privy to this information. I'm not privy to much, except for I'm the podcast guy and I'm the one who's setting up the podcast. So that's all I know. Um, I look. I don't know where it's even come from. Um, it's just uh, I know who's organising it. It was. I don't know the reason why it's coming about, but I think someone just wanted to have another way to have the best V8 drivers go at it um, once every three to four weeks, which is an interesting thing. I yeah, I I've no background to why it came about or or how the the people got picked, but. Uh, I assume there might have been 40 sent out, then there might have been another 20 get sent out when people said no. Uh, there's definitely still a team in there that's not there. Um, so that's still interesting, even though it's a Logitech-sponsored series. Um, but I don't know. And I, I don't assume, have any answers for you. I assume our Logitech care packages for uh, <laughs> covering the series are on the way. Is that correct? That, that, that I don't know. <laughs> We'll I look talk about it all the moment. There, I see all, all Logitech. Oh, there's got to be something, you know. By the way, my new Logitech G chair is on the way too. And the, yeah. no, no, no coincidence. Oh, I swear, I swear. Yeah, it's um, funny how Wilco's got all this Logitech stuff. But yeah, no, well, yeah, two of everything. Two of everything. Oh, nice. I can sell one and keep one. It's amazing. So, am I, am I right in saying the um, the E series that we saw last year is is not coming back now? The real world racing is on. I was assuming that I seen that this morning. Think about it, and the only reason it would come back if all of a sudden COVID comes back and they've got this break. Mm. Um, I don't, there, there is usually a mid-season break in the V8s. Mm, I haven't looked to see mm. where that is at the moment, but. I guess I, I was thinking, does this fill a gap? You know, does it, is this a, an opportunity do. someone saw to, to capitalise on the interest from last time? So what it probably does is, cool, Logitech's been told there is no E-series. Logitech may have then gone to someone and said, we want a series. Mm. Get us a series, and this person said, "No problems, I'll fill a gap for you." Wednesday nights is, you're right. That's that's where that hole was. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's from what I understand, Logitech's pushing hard for this. Yeah, so. interesting. You know, like I see, if I compare, like I was thinking about it. Obviously, I'm not a V8 supercar driver. I like watching them periodically uh, on the telly and that. And I thought uh, the product for the E-Series was the sim races uh, last time yes. in terms of the quality, uh, mm-hmm. in all honesty. Obviously, there were some exceptions uh, to that. Um, so, yeah, there's some of that. I was thinking, to, but, you know, I'm a Skippy fan. I'm thinking I can never get enough Skippy. I'm thinking, oh, can you ever get enough V8? Seriously. But because there's all these – and I was thinking as, as we were looking at the names in there, I'm thinking – it's the same people uh, yeah. that are going to win this stuff. The same people. I hope they've put some thought into maybe some of the folks in the midfield and um, maybe some wild cards and stuff. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just think maybe maybe there's an audience for this. Certainly in Australia, I don't know how broad it is outside of Australia, um, but uh, I think part of the appeal of sim racing is that everyone uh, and every person. It's an every man sport, every person sport. They can get in and have a crack. But you keep seeing the same names over and over again. And you can say the same thing about real world racing. And I was thinking yeah. about that at the same time, right? But it's a it it's not as frequently. It's not three times a week on your on your screen sort of thing. So um yeah, I, I feel like it might take away a bit from the every person a- aspect of it. But um having said that, 
um, having a platform for people to excel at in this uh, and showcase as well. Uh, I'm, you know, I don't want to be too harsh on that either. Yeah, and I think from little moves like this, big things do come. Like if Logitech mm. is wanting to cement themselves as let's bring iRacing to Australia in the biggest way possible, we want to get behind it. Like they, they got behind the Bathurst 12-hour with mm. Mike. We talked to him about it. They're really throwing money into this community and obviously they see a lot of reward if they keep on pushing the V8 side of things because that's where the audience is. GT3 Cool is there. That They did the Bathurst 12-hour, but V8s is where the bread and butter for Australia is and that's where the audience mm. is. So that's where mm. they're going to get the best paint mm. for yeah, well, Logitech, come talk to me. SNL, it's the global <laughs> strength of field See, race in the world, right? We get you, them from everywhere. You, they've got it every three three to four weeks, right? Yeah. I think there's a chance there for, cool, let's do a development series. Let's exactly. do a side yeah, yeah, series. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Wednesday do a support the series, Sunday Night Lights, support <laughs> series for up-and-coming Logitech races. G. <laughs> Sunday Logitech Night Lights. Do you, know, yeah. do you know, all it would take, right, is, I don't know, like a low-level, you know, a, a, an entry-level pedal and wheel set uh, yeah. to 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 really help blow up a, a community like the, the, the Skippies. Um, uh, uh, you know, something like that would just be – in all seriousness, if there's someone listening, and, and hopefully there is, reach out to me. I'd, I'd love to, to do something like that just to focus on the grassroots stuff but also understand that it is a global audience. We may not be the biggest in the world, but it, we, we do reach out. And you look at, at when we were doing the, the live one earlier before, the guys in the chat, some of them were followed us here from <laughs> the skips. They were international. They were, you yep. know, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, look, uh, I think there's opportunities everywhere and, and – um, yeah, maybe more than just the V8s at times. Yep, definitely. Um, that That is truth to the rumour. That's why Braden's gone there to get all the stardom for the V8 now. Yeah, so. get in there, Braden. Get him. I, want, I was <laughs> – you were going through the list and I said, where is one B. Martin, right? Where's the wild card for B. Martin to get in there? Look, it's, it's Jimmy Broadbent. I was listening to the stuff the other day about Jimmy Broadbent when I was listening to some of the podcasts I sort of haven't participated in. Do that sort of thing. Get a wild card where you've got a, a personality as well as you know, as well as some skills. So, yeah. I think we, after this out. next after this next news article, we're probably going to talk about the other feeder series that's going to be coming up as well. Nice. But Braden, you want to you want to start talking about Magni Cores, the new track? I yeah, butchered well, it. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. So, a circuit de Nevers Magni My French is not good, but. It's, uh, yeah, announced that we got another new track, obviously a pretty historic um, GP circuit coming to iRacing. Um, hosted a bunch of GT racing and uh, Mosile comp- competitions um, and also obviously was the long-time home to the French GP, uh, which is pretty cool. So um, another European track to add to the, add to the list. Um, I'm so- looking at the names of these corners. Did they just decide we're just going to steal other racetracks as names so people can pronounce it? Is that what they want? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. I I think I I, can't, I could be wrong. Was some of the the track design maybe inspired by other, so. other tracks? I believe so. Um, yeah, many of its corners are named after other famous global circuits um, to which they owe their inspiration. Is that one just called 180 degrees? Yeah, I was just looking at that. What, what's the story there? 
And just quietly, while we're on the topic of images and all that sort of stuff, the iRacing article, could they pick a worse photo on the yeah. iRacing yeah. article? It looks like, like it's a heat-seeking map of <laughs> from an yeah. AC-130 and... Or Wait, something. <laughs> get his images, something. Wikipedia, anything. Just find an image. That's oh, anyway. yeah, it was pretty average. So yeah, um, yeah, you got the corners like Estoril and uh, Adelaide. Obviously, the back right hand uh, hairpin mm. is very much an Adelaide turn, really. When you look at the the run through the sweeping right hand and down into a right hand hairpin, it's very much like the Adelaide track. Um, but yeah, you got Imola, um, and yeah, it's. it's Another big GP track. I'm always a fan of having more GP tracks on the on the R racing schedule. I think they um, blend to some very good racing in a range of different cars. Um, you know, a lot of drafting in cars like the Skippy, um, but then wide enough for cars like the V8 or um, other cars that you race around um, GT3s and things like that. That you know, lend yourself to nice passing opportunities. So more GP tracks like that, less tracks like Summit um, and Knock Hill. <laughs> not that I've even bought not kill yet to complain about it but you know tight tiny circuits where it's hard to overtake not by forte it Just looks be- like there's multiple versions of this too which is really good I, yeah. I hope they, they go ahead with that anyway yeah so yeah. there's an outer layer which basically takes out that whole middle section um, and then you've got just the middle section which I think is a club layout and then you've got the GP layout as well to speak briefly, briefly speaking of the corner names between turn 14 and 15 is more or less a straight line with a little curve in it that they've called a chicane corner. Like, what's with that? Uh, it's not a chicane. Yeah. It's a straight line. <laughs> what's with that? Yeah, you, you anyway. got me on that one. But, yeah, so interesting. Um, there's, yeah, little little intricacies. And uh, I know Carl's certainly excited for this one. He said he loves the opening sector to this track, um, which I'm assuming is Estoril down to Badlade. Um, so yeah, exciting to just see new tracks being added. Um, I personally prefer new tracks over new cars being added as much as I think it's cool to drive new cars. Anything that splits the already small pool, um, isn't necessarily great. So I'd rather them focus on tracks than cars personally. That's just my opinion. That, um, that opening sector leading it astral. Looks like it's almost an inverse version of Phillip Island's first couple of corners, to be honest, as well. Which, yep, which yeah. um is is quite interesting. It does look like a bitza, like coda of we're going to grab this part, we're going to grab that part. Uh, it's interesting they've gone for another historic GP track, like the tracks we're getting at the moment. Like we got Winton, which is a, I know it's a, a a fan for some, but it's not really the big Australian track that we're looking for. They're going with this one. They've got Sandown coming, which I understand the preservation of that, but it's still, it's got a big name in the past, but it's definitely not one of the big Australian tracks we're looking for. They're sort of, I, I guess when you've got so many tracks, you do have misses, but it seems like a lot of misses at the moment. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah, but uh, I'd rather than scan this and get it in iRacing before yeah. it disappears forever and then we're left with nothing. You know, they're, they're going to have the, what's the current um, French GP layout? Called, um, off the top of my head, that's going to be around for a while. They've probably yeah. got plenty of time to scan that, but who knows what happens with a track like Magnacore or, for example, Sandown. It's pretty much going to be housing estate soon enough. I'm looking so, forward yeah. to Sandown. I have great memories of racing that in R Factor. So, um, Winton, 
was a letdown for me, if I'm honest. But uh, I'm hoping Sandown lives up to my memories of it from R Factor. But yeah, it's interesting choice. You know, what other Aussie tracks? Maybe you do uh, the Sydney Motorsports Park. That might have been a more relevant choice. I would have thought that would have been high up on the agenda, to be honest. Accessible Um, too. If you're in the Australia scanning tracks, why wouldn't you go there? Talon Bend as well. Heaps of layouts at Talon Bend. Talon Bend is is right for it. And I still go back to Gold Coast, to be honest. Yeah. We we need Gold Coast in there. It's relevant. It's current. Yep. Um, Hidden Valley or something. I know Hidden Valley's not the best track either, but Hidden Valley's probably more prominent and harder to get to for most locals. So, you know, anyway, lots of lots of things there, lots of options. Um, Winton in the V was actually quite interesting, I must tell you. So um, it was good fun, but um, as long as you stay on track. Final piece of news we're going to go to, it literally made the docket right at the end because uh, we only just decided that five seconds ago, we're doing a charity stream this Friday night. Uh, Locked On Lads, The Legends Charity Night is actually happening. We've been talking about this for a very long time. Thanks to Cure Cancer, which we talked about before. Um, we will be racing Legends around Oran Park South Track. So it's a nice short little track of, of uh, Oran Park. Uh, a few little straights and then little dips and weaves and stuff like that. Uh, very good for Legend Racing. So paint your Legends up now. All I ask is that you do a donation to the link which will be provided by that night uh, but it will be on lockedonlads.com slash charity uh definitely go there drop in a donation that's all i ask for going to a great cause and you can we'll have three four five races i don't know even we might even change tracks later on i'll put up a second server with with something else might do some ovals or something like that in legends uh but it will be a good fun night if it if it ends short and there's not enough people there i'll just go racing in something for the to try and raise the money for the rest of the night uh but get in on it people it's happening. Um, if you want to donate more, I will put you up the grid as well. That is a thing. Nice. So get it. Get in on Pay it. Pay to win. We like Pay it. Pay to win. One hundred percent. And I will black flag people who don't don't um, donate enough to. So just keep that in mind. But let's go on to the community results. Um, we have three to give you tonight. We have two pre-recorded, and the one you're going to get to sit and listen to Alex McKellar talk all about SNL, but that all tonight is brought to you by LockedOnLads.com slash Discord. Get in the Discord, go do it, join us, have chats, show us your meat, all that kind of stuff. Provide tech support for those who need it, all that kind of cool stuff. Uh, Definitely be in the Discord. It is good fun and there's more stuff happening as we speak. It's lighting up everywhere. Uh, So let's go straight into Carl with you. He's not with us tonight. Uh, he is still in the world, but he's just not with us in the podcast. So Carl's going to talk about Anscar. He will not talk about his win from like three years ago, whenever it was. I promise you, it's just Carl with you talking about the most recent week of Anscar. So take it away, Carl. And welcome to the Anscar wrap-up. As always, we start with the Affinity Construction Truck Series this week from Nashville Fairgrounds. Double D, Dave Douglas would take pole position with the Carson Couch entry ahead of Nightcore's own Luke Traher in qualifying, but it was a race of incidents on the short track with six cautions for the night. Although our pole setter Douglas would lead 93 of the 130 laps, it was DPR driver Dyson who would pounce at the 
the last moment and get the win, just a bumper ahead of Douglas in second. Wellman came home third for Simboys, with Skullock in fourth and Traher home in fifth. That means the championship looks like this with two rounds to go. Gallagher leads 10 points ahead of Mitch teammate Danny G. Russell is third, 16 points down. Fourth is Traher, 26 off the lead, fifth for Maddie Ray. 34 off the lead, sixth for Martin, 52 down. Seventh is Micklemore, 54 down. Eighth for Skullock, 73 down. Ninth is Williams, 91 down. Clark is 10th, 99 off the lead. Next race is in Phoenix. Will we see Traher race from the ashes and take the championship lead, or will Gallagher be like a cactus and stick to it? Find out next week. Next up is the Thunder Xfinity Series. This week saw Locked On iRacing podcast sponsoring the Locked On iRacing 150 at Dover. Brought to you, of course, by Locked On themselves. Uh, Skurlock would take an impressive pole just a flea's hair ahead of Josh Micklemore in second. We would see only one caution flag for the race as a car spun on lap 9. The rest of the race ran green. O'Shea would take the early lead but it was a last it was last year's champion and current leader Gallagher who would storm out to the lead and keep it there for the remainder of the race leading 61 of the 150 laps. It was the tyre whisperer Luke Traher who came home second with O'Shea third, Micklemore fourth and Williams in fifth. Championship wise Gallagher still leads 49 points ahead of Skurlock in second. Third is Micklemore 68 points down. Fourth for Phelps 84 down. Russell fifth 96 down. Clark is in sixth 102 down. Seventh is Raymond 103 down. Eighth Douglas 121 down. Fenley and Patton share ninth position 138 off the lead. Next up is the AGD, AJD Australia 150 at Darlington. Of course you can catch all that action at Locked On Lads on Twitch, Facebook and YouTube. And finally, we headed to Talladega for the Anzac Cup race, brought to you by 24-7 Sim Services. Of course, a prestigious race with a fantastic prize this year from Zero Alpha Motorsport up for grabs. Many wanted to get the win for this one. Championship lead Hobo Hobson would take pole position ahead of Brad Allison, starting a strong second. As always, the fear of the big one hung over the field, but it would not come as the race ran green from flag to flag. A great job from all drivers. Draft was of course key and drivers would find their partners to work with throughout the race. A few mistakes in pit lane saw drivers drop off the lead pack and it was hard to get back with no yellows. As the race ran to the white it looked like Ryan Jones who would pick up the victory as he got a monster push from Dave Douglas but it may have been a lap too soon. Douglas and Pearson would make contact as the white flag fell, meaning no caution came out, and this led to the cat-like reflexes of Andrew Dyson avoiding the wreck, weaving his way through to take the win just ahead of teammate O'Shea. Jones would have to settle for P3, Traher in fourth, and Russell in fifth. Hobson still leads the championship, six points ahead of Dyson in second. Pearson is third, 35 points down. Foster fourth, 61 down. Fifth is Martin, 64 down. Skurlock sixth, 69 down. Allison seventh, 80 points off the lead, Micklemore 8th, 92 down, Curtis 9th, 95 off the lead, Traher in 10th, 99 points down. Next up we head to Dover. Catch the action over on the Anscar Facebook page or Performance E Streaming. We look forward to seeing you next time and as ever a big thank you to Locked On Lads and Locked On iRacing for covering all the fantastic Australian iRacing action. Thank you for that, Carl. Uh, that was another good week of Anscar. And yes, Braden, I will get this podcast out by Friday so people can actually hear it and join us 
live on the race. Uh, it was supposed to be the following Friday, but then I realized I'm moving house. So unfortunately, we can't do it that night because I'm moving house. Uh, let's go to let's go to Sunday Night Lights. I want to hear about another record-breaking strength of field and who was the best around Road America. What happened, Alex? Thank you, Wilgo. Yeah, look, uh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Right, a week of racing at Road America this week culminated in the Sunday Night Lights race. Um, it was the second highest strength of field in iRacing Skip Barber official racing history. Fifty-seven hundred. And- Can you stop doing it? It's just not, not impressive <laughs> anymore. Seriously. <laughs> well, I reckon we got to have easy top ten now, um, which is again on the back of the sport of the community. Um, Qualifying again. Look, so here's 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 a little bit of uh, interest for you. First race we've ever had where five um, k bought you a ticket. There was one driver in the field with less than five k. It was um, Loris Amadio, who's a record, uh, who's a regular with us, I should say. He had um, forty eight hundred before the night started. Everyone else was five k, which meant that out of interest. The winner of the uh, Bell Isle round, Nick Vaughan Roberts, was relegated to the second split. Um, Marty Booker, who was in the chat for the live stream before, he was relegated to the second split. Quality of the man, his his pole setting time in the second split puts him on the second row in the top split in quality. That's you know, it's just nuts. The quality of the guys that can't even get into the field. Anyway, speaking of the quality, quality qualifying saw the cowboy on pole, outstripping the great now in a guy, the quality king, by nine one-thousandths of a second to, to lock down the front row. The full field uh, down – so 17 cars in the field, the top 16 were separated by eight-tenths. Uh, the only driver more than a second behind was Erwin Zoma, who started last. But the uh, front row, as I said, was Devanter and Nagai. Adam Miles, community rep for the Skip Barbers now with iRacing. He started on the second row, locked lock that out with – second row, I should say. Locked that out with Seb Schultz. It was great to see Seb back, even though he was on a Smurf account. I'll, I'll let him slip on this one. Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, it was a who's who. Uh, honestly, throughout the field. Vasco Sorovsky was the other ANZ driver. Christian Perez, current reigning champion, uh, was relegated outside the top 10. He was 11th. Uh, Vasco was car 15. Like I said, didn't get out on the grid uh, until uh, he could only have time for the um, the one lap, still put it in 10th. So, And he was only half a second off pole. Easy to make half a second on his second lap. So anyway, I'd... I really don't want to dive too much into the detail of the race because there was that much going on. Um, you really need to watch it. Head over top split, uh, the top split on YouTube. Watch the race replay, honestly. Start to finish, big pack racing. There were that many shuffles for position uh, on any given lap at any given point in the, uh, in, in the race to the effect that, you know, you might see a lap go by in, a, in an official race during the week where you have a big pack. Um, I did some racing where the end of the race was still a pack of between, say, five and seven cars. We had um, 12 of the of the 17 cars finish within three seconds. Um, and, like, it was just nuts. Like, you could not separate them. Drivers were going from first back to eighth, Back to podium positions throughout the race. It was spectacular. Top Split TV, Sunday Night Lights, Season 27, Round 6, 
uh, from Road America, go check it out. However, at the end of the day, the story's played out. As I said, uh, a couple of the notable mentions were um, Christian Perez, again, returning season champion. He, as I said, started a fair way back at P11, fought his way up to be a second at one point. Uh, I've got to say, the guy was throwing his skippy everywhere, elbows out. He was sort of hip and shouldering people at different times. That came at the expense of Adam Miles on the final lap, I have to say, uh, caused him a bit of damage. Um, uh, but uh, he rose and fell through the field, uh, ended up finishing fifth was young Perez. Victor Osset was the story of the night for mine, uh, not only – because of where he finished, but uh, because of where he, he started. He started in 12th, fought through, like I said, the second strongest field in Skippy history uh, to take out the win. Uh, car number 12, which didn't mean much on the night given the strength of the field uh, and the quality of the drivers, but uh, he he made a consistent move through the field. Uh, uh, and this track really requires great pace. It also uh, requires uh, great skill between the ears as well. And Victor raced hard. This track did, and the racing here did reward those who were willing to race pretty hard and aggressively. Victor did his that at different times, but he also raced smart and ended up uh, winning the race by three-tenths, which given the margin from first to twelfth uh, was three seconds, uh, was a decent margin in the end. The, re- the return of Team Torpedo's blue and orange torpedo, Mr. Tim Hendrickson, uh, was uh, greeted with second position in the end, and Nathan Wade, uh, rounded out the podium. Interestingly, those are three drivers who race hard. Uh, and like I said, they were rewarded with a podium on the night. Leading ANZ driver was the Cowboy, Sam Devantia, who managed to hang on for fourth position. It was There was nothing in it on the line, um, but Sam was relegated to fourth, just ahead of uh, Christian Perez, who I said finished fifth. The only other ANZ driver in the field was Vasco Sorovsky. He was relegated down to 15th. And can I tell you, his his um, his I rating uh, was around 5,200 before he went into the race. Three weeks ago, he was under 5K and he's not in the race. Um, so, you know, it's nuts. Um, but look, I could name every driver in that race. Uh, every driver had a story to tell, um, uh, you know, but I think we've already gone over an hour already, so I won't. Just go check it out on YouTube, the top split. Uh, diving into the second split, as I said, two, week, two weeks ago, he won the Belle Isle round. This week, uh, he was in the second split, but he took it out, Nick Vaughan Roberts, just ahead of, and can I remind you this the, the strength of this field too, or I should say not remind you, let you know, the strength of this field was 3,600 in the second split, which is a, a strong uh, a strong race any other night of the week. Um, Mitchell Nichols uh, picked up a bag full of points as car number nine in that field, finishing second, just ahead of Team Milo boss man, Russell Clark III, who grabbed a sneaky podium there and a hat full of points for himself. Martin Booker, who I said um, missed out on the top split but would have uh, started on the second row. He's that quick. He finished in fourth, just ahead of another uh, another team Milo ANZ driver, Donald Sabanal in fifth. The other ANZ drivers in the field, Neil Gardner, uh, he's finished in seventh. Luke Witten, third team Milo car in the field, he's finished in ninth. Paul Wilson in tenth. Nathan Verney, uh, back in the second split tonight, car 17. He was the last car in the second split after having a top split appearance a couple of weeks ago. He's finished in 12th in the points. Ryan Portelli in 14th, 
uh, and that rounds out the uh, the ANZ contingent. I have to dive into the third split to find some of our favourites in Mark Jeffo Jeffrey, who've picked up a bumper crop of points for finishing in second. Jason Wim- Wilman, the uh, most capped SNL driver, finished in sixth ahead of the great Ken Holmes in seventh. Um, other ANZ drivers in that that split were James King in fifteenth and Paul Bishop in sixteenth. Turning our attention to the standings overall, the top 20 sees Nalia Nagai uh, retain the lead after finishing with reasonable points in P7 in the big race. Sam Devantia leaps up one position into sitting in provisionally in second uh, with a zero-point round. Uh, drop round's coming up soon. Uh, he's uh, doing well as the leading ANZ driver. Christian Perez jumps up a couple of spots. He's got uh, a race in hand, actually, uh, sitting in third. ANZ drivers uh, in the field. Mitchell Nichols, uh, after his great uh, performance in the second split this week, is sitting in fourth. Mark Jeffrey. Big shout-out to Mark Jeffrey. Jeffrey, after his performance in the third split, he jumps up to five positions to seventh. Um, other ANZ drivers, Vasco Sarovsky, he clown. He uh, he's down to eleventh. Jason Wilman in twelfth. Paul Wilson in thirteenth. Brett McBurney was notably absent this week, down in fourteenth overall. Nathan Verney, uh, the locked on iRacing zone, uh, locks down sixteenth position this week. Donald Subanal, uh rises a couple to eighteenth. The great Hen- Ken Hyen remains on the leaderboard in 20th. Next week, as I think we might have said in the live show at least, uh, we're off to Knock Hill Reverse, um, which will be an interesting ride. Um, you could not get pol- more polar opposites between um, Road America and Knock Hill, uh, particularly the reverse layout. So it be interesting to see what strategies the drivers bring as they take on the best of the best uh, each and every week on Top Split TV, Sunday night, 9.15 p.m. Australian Eastern Time, GMT plus 10. Thank you, Wilgo. Thank you, Alex. I have not been doing website work there at all. Um, I literally just created lockedonlads.com slash charity. It is now an actual website that gives you a donate here link and then you go straight to the chase place to to donate. Perfect, so mate. Glad I could help. Glad I could help. I listened to every word you said, though. So what was it? Shane Gisbergen won something? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, something was, like that. It was absolutely great. Thank you. Uh, I'm so impressed that the fields are still going so strong over there. Sunday Night Lights. And I know, look, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the anniversary stream or months ago, whenever it was, and, and how close you were to walking away from it. But mm. to see that now. Matt, just- I, can't, I can't express my appreciation more for the community that's got behind it. Um, as you say, we literally nearly walked away. And then to see this in the face of, you know, the F4s coming along and taking a lot of the participation away, we've had this, this core member of the community. And can I tell you, I think it's lifting everyone up. Tell me... The likes of Nick Vaughan Roberts aren't going to be motivated to get a bit more irate and get back in the top split. Tell yeah. me, you know, some of these guys, you know. To win a split and then have to be relegated to second split the following week, that would Nuts. be crushing. Nuts. And, you know, and I'm working in the background. I've just had confirmation while we've been talking tonight about some potential prizes for the drivers next season as well. And I look to spread that across the fields. I was talking about with the V8s before. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look to get some of, something in it for the the regulars that turn up and don't make the broadcast as well so keep an eye out for that folks excellent 
So we want to go from there to V8s because V8s is, is what we everyone wants to listen to, not not this skippy stuff. Um, <laughs> we want to go to Cal. Cal's been uh, covering all the Scops action. Uh, I'm sure he's talking about all the penalties and, and things that happened in Split 2 and how bad they were, but uh, he's got a wrap-up of what happened for Scops. So take it away, Cal. Hi, everyone. Cal here again from the Locked On Lads, giving you the results from this week's action from V8 Scops, brought to you by Oceanic Sim Racing, VRS, Too Easy Finance, Bola Media, and Sim Speed Esports Network. It's round four, and Scops headed to the undulations and sweeping corners of Road Atlanta, which in a supercar is a tough track to negotiate. Super Split 2 raised the curtain with 27 laps around this Georgia peach, with Corey Preston taking pole, James Chasty Chastanoff in second, Hayden Sell in third, Dylan Rudd in fourth, and the Synergy Sim Racing entry of Damien Johnston in fifth. There's one word to describe the start of this race, and that is chaos. There was battling, biffing, and barging up and down the field, keeping race control and the pixel panel beaters very busy. Those who kept out of trouble were rewarded with big moves up the field as the race progressed. Once the dust had settled, Dylan Rudd won the spot in top split, eight seconds in front of Damien Johnston, with Adam Hayne in third. The big show had the top four drivers coming into this round only separated by 32 points and only 200 points between 1st and 10th. The championship is definitely tight. Jared Fussell took pole and then it was all trans-Tasman all of the time for the next five places with Richard Hampstead 2nd, Ethan Warren 3rd, Brady Myers 4th, Madison Down 5th and Josh Anderson 6th for this 250km race. Jared Fussell took full advantage of pole and took an early lead with Hampstead keeping close and a TTR draft train chasing as the midfield scrap for position in the early stages. Fuel and tyre strategies decided who was playing checkers and who was playing chess during the mid-race and it looked like Fussell deciding to do a longer stint may well had the advantage over the TTR cars. It wasn't until after the second mandatory pit stops were complete that it was evident that a game of Connect 5 was afoot. With Myers leading Hampstead, then Warren, Fussell and Anderson battling for the top spot. Entering into the final laps, this is how the field finished with a trans-Tasman podium lockout, with Myers first, Hampstead second and Warren third. If this kind of racing sounds like something you're into, make sure to catch all the action live on SimSpeed TV on YouTube and Twitch when Scops go full Brazilian and head to Interlagos in a month's time. Otherwise, you can catch me recapping all the highlights and results for you on the next Locked On Lads iRacing news and results app after the race weekend. Until then... Back to Wilco, Braden, and the rest of the Locked On Lads iRacing crew. Thanks for that, Cal. You're an absolute legend, and well done racing uh, the other night. And I can't wait to race a Formula Ford with you uh, very, very soon in real life. It's going to be awesome. But if I, don't, if I don't see you two wheel to wheel, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> he can see me wheel to wheel as he goes past me, Van Van Stappen versus Hamilton style. <laughs> can I tell you, can I tell you, I don't travel for anything, but I'm really considering <laughs> traveling for that day. Oh, you will not squeeze me in to anything metal. Like, I just won't fit. I acknowledge that. But, geez, I'd like to see you blokes running around there. I, I, I think it's December. Yeah. Well, I don't think we've, we've said on this podcast, Ninth of December, where is the tentative date for when we are raising Formula Fords uh, in real life? At Sydney Motorsport Park, you are all more than welcome to come down. There will be something live happening. There will be all kinds of stuff happening. It will be fun. Last time I did a meetup with Cal and for something like this, we had beer coolers that we hand out, stickers we hand out to everyone, all specially made up for the event. So keep an eye out. It's going to be awesome. Nice. Uh, that's it. That's all I've got. Um, that's about wraps for no, – I can't even do that. 
that's it for the podcast tonight. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, it's been another great episode. It's really good to catch up with you guys again. Uh, hopefully, we'll put someone else on next week. But the next two episodes, the live version, check them out. Um, Cure, we'll be raising money for them over the next two episodes. If you want to be a guest on those live podcasts, donate. Tell me. We'll get you on, even if it's only for part of it. Um, how many dollars? You, you is how many? How long you can stay? We can get people in and out. That's fine. I'll work it out and post. It's all good. Um, but it's going to be good fun. It's going to be a good couple of weeks. Um, all kinds of weird stuff that'll be going on. But Alex McKellar, quickly, where can people find you? And what, what do you? Where can? What do you got planned? Quickly. Yeah, mate. I've probably said it enough tonight. Uh, I'm racing the skips. At Knock Hill this week, uh, I've been chucking up stream uh, at Top Split TV uh, and been getting some great uh, people in the community coming and join me. It's been great. I said to Braden before, uh, I was found it too distracting. There were quite a number of people in there distracting me from the driving. Otherwise, same place, same bat time, same bat channel, Top Split TV on Twitch for Sunday Night Lights this week or the Top Split for my own race replays, but more importantly, all the uh, Sunday Night Lights actions. Go check out the Road America race. It's a bottler. You say the same, same place, same time every week, but without fail, there'll be someone in the Discord who says, is this, is this the next race? Too? No, it's the next race or the one after? <laughs> it everywhere. But that's the thing. That's the international flavor of it. And, and thankfully, there are people out there who are as bad at time zones as I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. Sorry, I'm answering messages. But yeah, look, what time is it again? Is it this one or is it the next one? Um, <laughs> I, I almost jumped in. There was a, uh, an SOS put out in um, the, the locked on one. I think Vernie was trying to. Who's who's doing it before the the GP? And I'm sitting there. I'm going. Oh, I'm watching a movie now. But I could really jump on. I could really do this. But almost you almost got me in. Especially I knew it was Road America and all that kind of stuff. But Braden, where can people find you, mate? And what's coming up? Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitch.tv slash the One D Wade. Almost at 100 followers now, so that's pretty cool. Wouldn't have thought that uh, would ever happen, so pretty cool. Shout out to Vasco Sorosky for my latest follow. Good bloke. Uh, if I decide to put anything up on YouTube, probably not. Uh, you can check that out at the 1D Wade. And also on Twitter at Braden Talks. I've got uh, SRW Porsche at Laguna Seca on Thursday night, so I'll probably stream that. I've gotten into a bit of a rhythm of just chucking the stream up and uh, – Whatever I'm racing, just dealing with it. So, and I've got a few, like I said, a few new, um, uh, what are they called? Um, <laughs> complete mental blank uh, commands for people to use in, in chat. Um, so, come in and maybe do an explanation about Cowboy if uh, Sam Pimentier's around the place. Someone better do it. I want to see this happen. Um, what. Are you what's are you going to do Coda or not? Are you going to win Coda? That's the big question. Yeah, I'll be doing Coda. Um, You're going to win Coda. Okay. I don't think I'm going to be winning Coda, but come hey, on, I got a bit of pressure now. I wasn't expecting to do much in the Oval Series, and all of a sudden I've pulled off fourth place. So I don't know what's going to happen. Last but, time yeah. I saw you at Coda, you were battling one Alex McKellar for a win of a Skippy race. Oh yeah, there's good memories. That's true. That's true. I just forgot how to count, which didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> No one, we didn't have high hopes for you, really, in counting department. Oh, talk to Vasco about counting laps. He stopped one short in the Road America this week. <laughs> oh, no. oh, dear. Oh, good old Where Vasco. can we find you, Wilco? Uh, you can find me, com. That's the place to get all our stuff, lockdownlads.com slash Discord to chat to me. Locked on Lads on Facebook, Locked on Lads 
on Twitch, Locked On Lads YT on YouTube. Remember, Locked On Lads TV is your place to get all the broadcasting of the Thunder Series and also soon the Australasian Supercar Z Series. Don't forget to head over to LockedOnLads.com slash charity and check out what's happening in the Cure fundraising campaign. The Locked On Lads, the Legends charity night is this Friday night, 29th of April. Uh, the next night I'm hopefully going to do a Sunday night. I put fun and games down there, but I could do a Sunday night lights. I could do a multiple skippies <laughs> into us. What? Oh, it's re- knock your reverse. No, it's going to be fun and games. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. And then Tuesday, May the 3rd, we will have the live podcast. And unfortunately, I'm moving house for about four nights. So uh, we will come back with the, the very first Australasian Supercars E-Series broadcast on the 8th of May, which will be a charity-based event. If you want to see me in a tuxedo or some kind of suit on that night, you better get these donations up, and it needs to get up close to our 3,000 goal for me to do that. But there you go. That's one little target you've got for you. Um, I'm, I'm tempted to do the SRW Oval that on the 9th of May um, and then the live podcast on the 10th. And then... We've got one last night of the superhero streaming campaign, which is a Wednesday night. I've got nothing down, but I'm very interested because Thunder's not broadcasting. There might be a special thing on there. It just depends how much we get donated and how close we are to the target. But that's the main focus for the next couple of weeks. Go check all that out. Go check the other guys who are in the podcast as well. Scrizella on Twitch for Carl and Timmy Buckets on Twitch for Tim. AJ, just look for him anywhere. He's just always winning stuff and racing AOG at the moment. That's why he's not on tonight. But thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you for all the feedback. Hopefully, we'll talk to you again very soon. Have a good week. Bye.